For BYU-Idaho Radio, I'm John Swain, and today over the phone I have with me Tina Sip, the African Children's Choir Manager, and I thank you so much for having time for me today and being willing to do this interview today, Tina. How are you? Oh, doing great, and obviously the the return of thanks right back to you to get the word out. We uh, are very excited to be coming into the area. And uh, we have a beautiful program that we don't want anyone to miss, honestly. So can we start with you telling us the background and history of the African Children's Choir? Yes, absolutely. It's such a beautiful story. Our founder, a man named Ray Barnett, was doing work with the persecuted church around the world back in the 70s. And that work initially took him to Uganda, where there was a civil war going on with Idi Amin. And on one of those trips, he gave a ride to a little boy. um, And in that Jeep, that little boy who had lost both of his parents in the civil war, sang praise songs. And Ray was so captivated by the resiliency and really the, the beauty, dignity, and potential of this child that he thought if the West could just see the same thing I'm seeing, they would want to help these children who were truly being left orphaned at that time because of the Civil War. And because the little boy was singing, he thought of a choir of these children. And in 1984, we were able to bring out the very first African children's choir. And we've been going ever since. One thing has kind of built on another, and we've now helped educate over 58,000 children in seven different African countries. And um, so the the program has worked. We have about 1,500 former choir members, and uh, they are all making their own difference um, in their communities and their families. Um, and so we're very, very proud of the work that we've been able to do. That's quite a large uh, choir. How would the children or the parents of the children over in those African countries find out about it so that they can join this uh, amazing organization? Yes, we have a selection process and we work in different, um, our different educational programs are scattered around um, the countries. Excuse me. Um, our different programs are scattered around the country. Most of our choirs right now are coming from Uganda. And so we've been working there for a very long time and work in different regions. We let our contacts in those regions know to get the word out. And so there's a couple step process. We we can use the term audition, but we're really um, selecting people on the children on the basis of need, not so much talent, because we can teach the children anything that they're going to need to know for the program. They're very quick studies in the music, dance, and drumming. And so we're not so concerned about talent as we are about what family can we make the biggest impact in right now by selecting their child. And so um, that's really the basis for, for our selection. And um, and so, yeah, that's how we, we go to our the programs that we've established and our contacts in those regions. What are some of the cultural and musical traditions that the choir represents from Africa? Yes, in the program, everyone loves African drumming, right? (laughs) So there's always a big drum piece. And then, of course, the cultural dance. 
Um, you know, every tribe has different dances for different reasons. And uh, there's different African praise songs from different languages. And there's different costuming that we represent. Um, there's three different African costumes in each program. And so it's a lot of Africa on your doorstep. It's it's a beautiful way to bring Africa right here. And the children just showcase that beautifully. But I think even more than that is their joy and their hope that I think represents the African people so well. They are these unintimidating, unassuming ambassadors for their continent and for their country. And it's uh, it's just really, I think they are, wonderful representatives to give us a little window into what I think is one of the most beautiful aspects of their culture. Again, that resiliency, that joy, that hope in spite of circumstance. And um, I think there's this beautiful exchange that happens at the concert. We, as in the West, we have a lot materially, but they have a lot in the soul. They're very rich and wealthy in the soul. And I think that's what gets exchanged at a concert. We are moved to give financially because of what they're giving to us and to our soul. And uh, so we we may be wealthy um, in terms of finances, but what's the condition of our soul? And here these little children are so rich in their soul, but have so little materially. And so I think people get that, whether it's conscious or not conscious, um, I think that they're moved by the spirit of the children. And, uh, you know, we're not trying to get people to give because of their background. We want people to be excited to give about their potential. And so that's where we camp. The beauty, the dignity, the tremendous potential of these children. They just need an opportunity become all that God has intended them to be. And that's really what has been stripped away from them because of poverty. You guys are on tour currently. And um, I would love to know how do the choir members adjust to life in America while on tour and what cultural exchange activities uh, do they engage in? That is such a great question. I love that question. They, their experience back home is a very, very small radius. So when they come to the West, they are introduced to a much bigger world and to a variety of people doing a variety of things and living in a variety of ways in a variety of places. And so their vision is just blown wide open as to what could be. When your vision and your realm of experience is so limited to a very, very small radius of experience, it's very hard to think beyond that because you don't know what's beyond that. But now they do, and they're introduced to, so far this choir has been able to go to a marine life center. They've gone to the beach. They've had a fire truck come and show them a 110-foot ladder. They've gone horseback riding. They've gone swimming for the first time. Um, you know, we try to present all of these opportunities to them. And they also, just by going to different locations, different states, and what's unique to those places, some of the geography that's interesting, um, and then into host families who are doing all kinds of different kinds of work that they get introduced to and different hobbies. 
So there is so much exchange culturally and the host families are so key to this process and they love the children so well and are so generous. The children see people who are giving out of um, generous hearts and generous spirits and they're, they're getting sponsors and they're getting to meet their sponsors because they sign up at the concert and then they have a chance to actually meet in person the person who's going to be sponsoring them on a monthly basis. So that's pretty profound. Um, and oftentimes those are host families as well. They've actually been in their home. And then so when they're writing letters back and forth, they know those people. And so it just bridges, uh, it bridges people together, communities together. And um, for the children, it's, it is a lifetime of experience. I think you mentioned a couple already, but are there any particular challenges that the choir or yourself face while touring in a foreign country? I don't know if I would say challenges, but there's some interesting pieces because, um, you know, they're not used to washers and dryers. They do everything by hand in terms of washing their clothing. And so for them to see a dishwasher, a washer and a dryer, all the different ways our showers turn on, um, what you can and can't put down a, 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 a toilet, <laughs> um, how to dress properly for the different climates, um, you know, all of those kinds of things. And of course, food, right? Food is always a big one. So they have so much fun trying all of the different kinds of foods that we have here and always settle in on some of the same favorites, pizza and hamburgers, hot dogs, uh, chicken. They can never eat enough chicken. They love chicken. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's very, very fun for them to explore these new avenues of things. Can you share some heartwarming and memorable experiences the choir is experiencing now and probably has experienced in the past while touring in America? Mm. One always comes to mind. I was with a team in the UK. We were in a small town in England and had a chance to go to a care center for elderly. And they they brought in um, everyone in wheelchairs and walkers into a common living room area and the children performed a couple of songs. But what was really beautiful is, you know, they're used to living multi-generationally. So they're caring for children as well as grandparents. And these children had zero hesitation in splitting up and going around the room, each one with a different elderly person, holding their hand, looking them in the eye, asking them questions, fully, fully engaging and caring for those elderly people. And I have so many pictures from that experience because it was the the elderly people were just they were just tearing up, you know. Um it was such a beautiful exchange. And anytime somebody comes in with a baby, they want to hold the baby. You know, they're they're just such an integral part of their families back home. And they do so well at engaging with young and old. And whenever I get to see that on tour, whenever we have a chance to to do those kinds of things. Um, I just heard yesterday um, there was a gentleman in the church who had just lost his wife recently, and they did a special number for him and blessed him. 
And, um, you know, he was just so moved by that, right? So, and then when you see the children, um, maybe they, uh, the, the host family has some beads to make bracelets or to weave little bracelets. They are always thinking of who they can make that for and give it to either back home or people on the team. Aunties and uncles get all kinds of gifts, cards, letters, pictures, colorings, bracelets. I mean, they're always thinking of how they can give things away. And I, I just think that speaks to the, their heart and their culture. Um, they're not so, it's not so much mine as it is ours. And I think there's a great lesson in that for the West. How do the proceeds from each performance uh, support the choir and its mission in Africa? Yes, um, another great question. So we are primarily focused on education. That is the greatest perceived need after food, really, for any parent uh, who's on, you know, that's in the cycle of poverty. They want to educate their children, but a government school still has costs associated with it. And a lot of our families, um, like I said, they're probably the parents are uneducated and working a very menial task each day to get food for that day. And so there's not a lot of extra money for school fees. And so that's where we're standing in the gap is how can we help as many children as possible get to school to become what they're intended to be, but also to help break that cycle of poverty for their family. And so the money that we raise goes toward several different educational programs. We're working currently in five different African countries, providing education for different children in different programs. And so we are, you know, to me, I know I've often asked, what can I do to help? You know, what I can pray. Um, but this is a chance to make a profound, profound difference in the trajectory of real lives. And education is nothing to shake a stick at in where we're working in East Africa. This opportunity for them to receive an education is um, really hugely significant because it will change it will change the course of an entire family so that money is going back to supporting these different education programs that we have and also part of it the children that are in the choir a lot of people may not realize they are financed all the way through the university level so they will not only do primary and secondary school with us they will be financed through post-secondary level and um, so they really are, are very set up to be able to um, become employable in, in jobs that are not going to be those menial tasks. Dina, I'm looking at the tour dates and it looks like you guys are in the Montana area right now. At least the tour is and you're going to be making your way down to Idaho Falls October 22nd. I do notice that every venue is a church. Can you explain to me, at least the ones I'm looking at right now, uh, mm -hmm. can you explain to me that 
organization process or that idea to reach out to these different churches and have that as a venue? Yes, that's been our our history is we, um, our founder was a pastor. And, um, and so we have always um, used primarily, um, we do other venues and other events as we're asked um, and as they fit into our schedule as we tour. But primarily it's been the churches that have supported us. They support us by providing host families, by providing facilities for schooling, because when we're there for more than one night, um, the children go to the church for the day and they do their schooling and their rehearsal program, and hopefully some outside field trip kind of experiences as well. Um, but uh, the churches have really been the backbone of our being able to do what we do because of um, if we had to do hotels and buy our own meals and all of that, we wouldn't have any money for the education programs. So the churches have really been, have stood with us all of these years to front some of those costs with host families and the provision of meals and provision of facilities for us. So we, um, when we put a route together, we have a, a large database of churches that um, have hosted us in the past and others that say, you know, give us a call when the next time you're through. And so we put our schedule together uh, from those churches and uh, I, I could never say enough. I could never say enough about uh, these churches that support us in our work through through hosting us and providing all that they provide. I was fortunate to listen to this little light of mine and just as I am from the choir. How is the song selected uh, for the children to perform? Yes, about every four or five years, we we put together a new program and there's um, our creative uh, music side. Uh, we have some staff. Um, one's a form, former choir member. She was in choir three or four, I believe, in, that works in Uganda. Her and um, our chief creative officer here in the States, they put those programs together, choose the music, um, get the tracks made. And, um, and so, um, yeah, so they, they're responsible for that part of it. And then they do the training on the Uganda side for about six months when a, when a choir is preparing to come. And then we receive them on this side with, um, you know, all of the other things that they will need for the tour. What advice can you give uh, to other organizations or choirs looking to engage in a similar um, international tours or have that same mission as you guys? <laughs> that is a, I have never been asked that question. Um, oh, what advice would I give? Um, be ready to be in it for the long haul. Um, Working internationally is, um, you know, is, always will have challenges. And so um, be prepared for the long haul. And, um, you know, many, many people are, have the heart to help. And, um, you know, the truth is we could use many organizations helping provide education for children in East Africa and all, all over the world, honestly, right? So. Um, but there are challenges to working internationally. 
and um, and so the uh, the heart that drives it. Uh, I would just encourage people to not give up on that. If if the God is calling you to do something, um, don't don't give up the heart because of the challenges. Love that. For those who have never seen the choir perform and, you know, is excited about seeing the show, you know, whatever tour date they're able to get to you, what's the message you hope they take away from your performance? Mm. Again, another question I just love. I hope, I hope people take away, I kind of referenced it earlier is not what the children lack, but what the children have. And they are no different from our children because of their poverty. They are gifted and talented and bright and intelligent and funny and engaging and appreciative and polite. And they have much to give to their country. They love their country. They're proud of their countries. and. I hope people will take away a satisfaction that they have been a part of something that makes not just a small difference, but a huge difference, and that they've invested in a real life, and um, and probably the very thing that they would want someone to do for their own child, if their own child was in that situation, they have a chance to do that. They have a chance to let a child's potential be actualized. And um, and I hope that they're encouraged. I hope that they're encouraged to look at their circumstances, maybe from a new perspective, and to take a good hard look at, does my material blessing overshadow a, a soul level blessing? Um, I hope that they're conscious of that happening at the concert. And uh, I think all of us Westerners would do well to to stop and think uh, what's really providing my deepest joy and my deepest satisfaction. Is it material or is it uh, something a little bit deeper in my soul? And um, I think the children have a beautiful way, very unassuming way of bringing that question to the forefront. And uh, yeah, I hope people leave with a bounce in their step. And most people say, if only I had that energy. Could you bottle that energy and sell that? <laughs> um, but yeah, just to put a spring in the step and to, uh, to take a fresh look at our lives and um, um, yeah, to give to give out of a heart that says, I want to be a part of something that that makes a difference. Tina, for those who are encouraged, motivated, touched, inspired by you know what they are hearing and seeing at each performance how can they support the children's choir's mission both during the tour and beyond at the performance itself we do take a love offering we also have a sponsorship opportunity they can sponsor a particular child and have an ongoing correspondence with that child we also have a product table that has t-shirts, music, and a ton of beautiful African handmade crafts. Online, we also sell our music and some of the craft items and the t-shirts through our website. And uh, 
you know, any, any donation through our website will go to supporting these education programs. So there, there are lots of different ways of being involved. And um, so, you know, in today's world, websites are the way, right? <laughs> you can, uh, Absolutely. You can very easily give on the, the donate button. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, you can very easily give on the donate button um, on the website. It's just AfricanChildrensChoir.com. And um, so there's lots of opportunities. Well, Tina, thank you so much once again for your time and giving us some insight on the history and the mission of the African Children's Choir. Once again, in our area, uh, they will be touring in Idaho Falls um, on October 22nd. That's going to be at the first first evangelical Lutheran Church. and then uh, we have you in Pocatello as well for those listening in that area at the Grace Lutheran Church on October 25th. We're super excited, you know, those in those communities to um, hear and see these children perform. And, you know, I I hope I'm available to go to these shows because what I've heard already has just been amazing. Um, that's, uh, that's wonderful. I really, really hope that you can get there. You will not be sorry. You will not be sorry. Take everybody with you that you can. It doesn't matter what age. It doesn't matter what background. It doesn't matter anything. They cut through it all. <laughs> they, they can, they can minister to a two-year-old to a hundred-year-old. And, um, I would hate for anybody to miss this opportunity because it is engaging and inspiring and it will be one of the highlights of your fall, no doubt. Well, thank you, Tina. I appreciate you. You have a great day. Thank you so much. <laughs>